In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. As Pastor Tim mentioned at the beginning, we continue to move on through the book of Ephesians, this week being in Ephesians chapter 2. Pastor Trevor set it up well for us last week as he introduced, introduced us to this letter of Paul to a group of Christians. Of all the churches that Paul started or planted, the church of Ephesus was probably one of the best known to Paul. Acts tells us that he'd spent almost three years of his ministry there among those Ephesian Christians. Now, when Paul wrote a letter, whether it be to the Ephesians or the Philippians or the Colossians, Paul never wrote a letter for just one church, but rather it was to be a circular letter. In other words, he wrote the letter to the Ephesians and those other little groups of people gathered for worship around Ephesus and the surrounding sides would get the same letter. It would be read to them as it traveled around. Now, it's important for us to understand that as we read the letter of Ephesians, Paul writes to them from prison. He's already been put in prison because of his preaching of the gospel. And as Paul is in prison, there he gets reports. As visitors come to him, he gets reports about what's happening among the various groups of believers that Paul has impacted during his life. And one of the reports that comes to Paul is that there are divisions in the church. The church isn't united together as one. There's conflict in the church. And so Paul writes to the Ephesians and tries to emphasize to them that they are all one under the cross of Christ. The biggest conflict in Ephesians was between the Jews and the Gentiles. The majority of Ephesians were Gentiles who had become Christian. But there was sort of this class the Jews thought of themselves, Jewish Christians thought of themselves as better than the Gentile Christians or the Greek Christians. Because after all, Jesus came first to the Jews. And we read in the book of Acts, for example, a number of places where this conflict is identified. We read, for example, early in the book of Acts, that the Greek-speaking Christians come to Peter and, and complain to Peter because their widows and orphans aren't being taken care of as well as the Hebrew Christian widows and orphans. And so it's there in, in Acts that Peter appoints the deacons, chooses seven to make sure that everybody's taken care of equally. Then we go to Acts chapter 16, and one of the biggest conflicts in the early Christian church was the question, should Gentiles become Jews before they can be baptized? In other words, since Gentiles are not circumcised, is it necessary for the Gentiles to be circumcised before they can be baptized? 
And in Acts chapter 16, we have the first church convention. Nothing like our conventions today, but it was a gathering together of the people of the church to debate. And it says in Acts chapter 16, after much discussion, we don't know how much discussion, probably several days or even weeks, after much discussion, it was decided that the Gentiles don't have to become Jews, in other words, be circumcised before they can be baptized. And the word was sent out to all the believers that that was the decision. Well, probably the most famous conflict among the church is, what, is the conflict we read in 1 Corinthians. When Paul writes his letter to the Corinthians, he begins in, in chapter 1 by saying, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it's been reported to me by Chloe's people that there are, is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified? I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, that there be no divisions among you. Now, that's the context into which we find the conflict in Ephesians that was introduced to us last week by Pastor Trevor. The first part of chapter 2 is probably the best known of the whole letter of Ephesians. We didn't read it this morning, but it starts out in, in chapter 2 by saying that you were all dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked. And we go down to chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10, these famous words. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore, Paul says, because we have all been saved by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ, Paul goes on then, and this is where we began our text today in the epistle, therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles were called the uncircumcised by those who were circumcised. Remember that you at one time were separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Remember, saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus, therefore remember who you once were. Remember that you were separated from Christ alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. That's who you used to be before Christ came into your lives and you became people of faith. But then he goes on to say, but now in Christ Jesus, 
You who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Christ has made us one. He has broken down the dividing wall of hostility. In Herod's temple in Jerusalem, when the people would come to worship, there was a huge dividing wall there in the temple. And all of the Jews were on one side of the wall, and all of the Gentiles were on the other side of the wall, and never the two shall meet. And Paul says that dividing wall of hostility, broken down by the blood of Christ. He who preached peace to those who are far off and those who are near. Paul's trying to emphasize to these, remember now, these are all Christians. These are all part of the church. But they are still finding themselves divided, challenged, threatened, uncomfortable by one another. In this case, because of birth, because of race, because of nationality. But Paul says in the blood of Christ, at the foot of the cross, all divisions go away and we are united together as one. Paul was very concerned about those Ephesian Christians. Paul was concerned that they were not living as brothers and sisters in Christ, but rather they continued to see those things that divided them. Later on in the book of Revelation, where we have the letter, John's vision from Christ of the letter of the seven churches in Asia Minor. Jesus says in that vision of John, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance. This is to the Ephesians now. I know your, your toil and works, your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with one another those who are evil but have tested those who are calling themselves apostles, and they are not, and you found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, Jesus speaking now in that vision to Revelation. I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. You have abandoned the love that you have it, had at first. God brings people together in the foot of the cross. So what does that mean for us? That was the Ephesians. That was the conflict then. What does it mean for us today? Why is Ephesians not only the letter to the Ephesians not only in, sent to the Ephesians, but it's put for us in the Scriptures. Well, we think about what are the things that divide us? What are the things that come between us? What are the things that come between husband and wife, brother and sister, neighbor, even sometimes in the church? What are those things that divide us? Jealousy? 
The Jews were a little jealous of the of Gentiles because they weren't sure they deserved the same thing that they had as Jewish Christians. But jealousy comes between us and one another. A spirit of competition. Now, competition is good and it's healthy, but sometimes that spirit of competition divides us. Next Friday, the Olympics start. Talk about competition. There isn't much more competition than there is in the Olympics. But there's something about the Olympics that brings nations together in a spirit of competition, healthy competition most of the time. But competition in our own lives at times can divide us. Sometimes it's our comparison. Our comparison to those who have more than we do or who have less than we do. Our comparison to those who are of different nationalities than we are. Our comparison to those who think differently than we do. Sometimes our political positions divide us. And we can go on. All of those things that divide us, Jesus calls sin. It is that which comes between people, between the brothers and sisters, just as it did for the Ephesians. But Paul goes on. And Paul goes on in in our text and he says, being brought together. He, namely Christ, came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, brought together and united. One of my frustrations through this last year of COVID was the mask. Not not just the fact of wearing the mask, but my frustration was that when I saw you with your mask on, I couldn't really see you. I couldn't see whether you were smiling or crying. I couldn't see whether you liked me or didn't like me because it was all covered up. Well, sometimes we put masks on without physically putting a mask on. Sometimes we cover up who we really are or who we think you are in that invisible mask. And Christ tears it apart, tears it down. I am just thrilled. I didn't know this was going to happen today, but I am just thrilled that we can take communion together today. You know, that was sort of one of the things that divided us out of necessity. We all took communion by ourselves. And we're still going to make that possible for those who are more comfortable to do that today, and God bless you. But to be able to come together before the cross of Christ, before the altar, Because it's the same body and the same blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that comes to each of us. It is that same body and that same blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that unites us as one and gives us the power to take down the barriers that divide, to overcome 
those sins that come between us and to realize that there is only one Jesus and there is only one cross and there is only one salvation. And Paul says that's what brings us together as the people of God, that we might be part of the household of faith. May God this week give us the strength, maybe eyes to see those things that have come between us, those things that have become between us and another person, and may the cross of Christ, the blood of Christ, the forgiveness of Christ help us enjoy the unity that is ours in the household of faith. Amen.